Scripture this morning is from John chapter 1. John chapter 1, it's found on page 1645. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all people might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every person has come into the world. He was in the world, though the world was made through him, The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. If you live far away from family or friends, you might receive Christmas letters or Christmas cards. Your family or friends send you their greetings. It's possible you might also receive Christmas phone calls, but cards or letters, phone calls don't quite make it. They can't do it all. A friend of mine once told me that he didn't like written communication. He says, I can't read the other person's face. God agrees. God spoke through prophets and poets and storytellers. Some of their words were even written down. But even God knew. With words on a page, you can't read the glory of his face. So God took on human flesh. God set up house in our neighborhood. And we've seen his glory, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. We've rarely seen this combination in human flesh. Jesus is the only person who has ever displayed this tandem in fullness. Grace and truth. Neil Planning, a former president of Calvin Seminary, once noted that for most of us to get up, to get one or the other up and running in our lives is a big feat. I mean, we know people full of grace or full of truth, but hardly ever do we meet someone with both grace and truth in residence. We know some people are full of grace. They're the kind of people who hesitate to hurt anyone's feelings. They dodge confrontation. Their goal is to try and make others feel good about themselves. Frequently, their goal is to please. People full of grace are often soft on the truth. And we know some people are full of truth, though we wish we hadn't. They're the kind of people who try to corner you with their truthfulness. They spout truth merciless, ruthless truth. You usually find yourself worse off for having been around a person full of truth. People full of truth are often graceless. 
Grace and truth don't easily pitch a tent in our lives. We can have a problem dealing in truth. Oh, not that we're liars. Our problem is having a truth we don't dare deliver. Truth-telling can cause pain. I mean, which of us would take delight in writing a recommendation for someone we've struggled to appreciate? We might disguise the truth. We're deliberately ambiguous. You will indeed be fortunate if you get this person to work for you. She does a quality of work that scarcely seems possible. I can't say too many good things about him. He wants to help in the worst way. Or which of us will confront the church member of whom the general consensus is, oh, that's just the way he is. So we leave them there. We don't go to the brother or sister to gently tell them the truth. We make no effort to get them to grow beyond the way they are, to stretch them toward the way God wants them to be. Dealing in truth can be hard. Saying the right thing can hurt someone's feelings, so we spare them. Meanwhile, we inflict them on others, and the person never develops to be what God desires. And as hard as telling the truth can be, other times we need to receive the truth. Often when someone delivers the truth, we can get defensive. Instead of accepting the truth about ourselves, we we try to pin the blame on somebody else. We excuse ourselves. We justify our actions. We refuse to receive any kind of rebuke because our sinful predisposition is to save face. Who of us is full of truth? Dealing truth, receiving the truth, it's hard work. And grace isn't much easier. It can be so difficult for us to live grace. Classrooms, workplaces, families, even churches can be arenas for survival of the fittest. We allow cruelty on the playground, in church, social halls, in our living room gossip. We forget that Jesus was mocked by the soldiers and the conclusion to their mockery was leading him to his death on a cross. So the gospel seems to make clear that when it comes to mockery, crucifixion is just a way to finish it off. Or maybe instead of these sins of commission, we engage in sins of omission. We fail to live grace by not promoting grace. We don't take the opportunity to appreciate each other. We protect each other from the hope of having the sin of pride and a head too big. We simply do not thank, affirm, acknowledge each other in public ways. No way to go is offered to those who really came through. And what of our readiness to believe rumor? Grace calls us to believe the best as long as possible, to believe the worst only when necessary. But it's so hard for us to give the other the benefit of the doubt. Just look at the fake news that gets passed along in Facebook. Listen to our rhetoric about politicians or leaders, let alone church members. Instead of disbelieving grace, we listen attentively to any charges that come to our ears. Did you hear? Did you know? And whether it's true or false, 
we believe. Even grace is a tough nut for us to crack. Seldom can we pull it off. And grace and truth? Well, we rarely see this combination in human flesh. Except Jesus pulled it off. Listen, says John. When Jesus entered human flesh, we beheld the glory of God full of grace and truth. Jesus was full of truth, able to stand up like granite when he saw self-righteousness passed off as godliness. Think Pharisees or teachers of the law. And yet, his full of grace life allowed him to extend the hand of goodwill. Think Pharisee, teacher of the law, Nicodemus. Look at the strength of Jesus' life that offered us a glimpse of his truth. Beyond physical strength, Jesus showed a mental and emotional tenacity. He knew his gifts, his mission, and he stayed true to them. Jesus had the courage to deliver high challenges to everyone around him, even when others tried to discredit him. And he had moral fortitude. He stood for the truth of God despite temptation to take the easy way. He was bombarded by the adulations of the crowds, but he had no ego, no avarice, no closet sin kept from the public eye. Jesus spoke and lived the truth. And Jesus was full of grace, able to have a compassion that moved him to touch even the most untouchable. And yet his compassion never wilted into sentimentality. I mean, just think about the sensitivity, the simplicity of Jesus' life that offered us a glimpse of his grace. The all-powerful Jesus enjoyed children. He had the grace to spend time with sinners, the outcasts, the despised people of his culture. Jesus wept at the tomb of his friend. Jesus wept at the sinfulness of his people. Saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Jesus had the grace radar he needed to have one-to-ones with the guilty, the no-accounts, the struggling, the hurting, and all without attention to social class, gender distinctions, racial differences. Jesus lived the gracious simplicity of loving God thoroughly and loving people radically. I mean, let's just think of one story that shows Jesus full of grace and truth. Uh, The Pharisees and teachers of the law had found a woman guilty of adultery. They brought her to Jesus as he was teaching at the temple. The law was simple. Stone her. Break her body limb by limb for the guilt she brought on herself for this sin. Jesus bent to doodle in the sand with his finger. He graciously interrupted their accusations, even though they continued to badger him with questions. Finally, Jesus rose and he said to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, look at your hands. Look at your hands full of stones and ask yourself one question. Are my hands clean? And they need to deliver the truth. If your hands are clean, go ahead, throw your stones. One by one, the men melted away. The man full of grace and truth had convicted them. Who were they? 
guilty themselves to cast a first stone. And then Jesus turned to the woman. And full of grace, he recognized her as the image of God she was. Go now, there's no one condemning you. You are forgiven. But this was not grace without truth. Jesus also said to the woman, go, but don't sin again. Go, your life has been all wrong, but in the grace you've received, make sure you get it right. Live the truth. This is Jesus. Full of grace and truth. Come down to us. Full of grace and truth in human flesh. What a combination. And God wants us to meet His grace and truth today. See, God's not just some transcendent being way off on a throne in heaven. God set up a tent in our world, lived in our neck of the woods. The only one ever who was full of grace and truth visits us. There was one time in my life, a very distinct moment, when I met Jesus full of grace and truth. I was in my second year at Calvin College. I was a resident assistant, and I was struggling. Uh, My roommate, also an RA, was popular, well-known, well-liked. I was a mass of uncertainty, unsure of myself, not really connecting with anyone. So I compensated by being a social clown. I used goofiness to draw attention to myself. There's so one time our dorm went out for pizza, and I did some crazy antics to draw attention to myself. And somehow, word got back to my staff advisor and resident advisor that I was drunk. And so they sat down to meet with me. They asked me about being drunk. I told them I wasn't, and that was true. But then John, the resident advisor, full of the grace and truth of Jesus, asked me a question I'll never forget. Ken, he said, do you have any friends? I was overcome with emotion. I started to cry. And then I met the grace and truth of Jesus through John DeBrine. He sat next to me. He said, it's okay. How about we get together on a regular basis and talk about it? And he offered himself to me when I was feeling alone. I saw Jesus in my neighborhood that day. And I came to see the truth of my brokenness and I came to see the grace of God's love. That's what God set out to do. We're told we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. This is the message of Christmas. God wasn't out to get us. When we suffer or our hearts break or our world seems in chaos, that's not God. God came to us in the flesh to be near, to walk the roads we walk, to feel the hunger and loneliness we experience. Jesus came alongside us to bear our wounds. He was, as the prophet said, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus came alongside us to participate in our joy. He had friends he loved, 
delighted in children and dinner parties, went to wedding receptions where the wine flowed. But Jesus didn't just come alongside to keep us company. Jesus came to bring us back to the Father. He brought truth and grace into our neighborhood so that we would confess our sin, our brokenness, our failure. He came full of grace and truth so that we would be healed. When we look at Jesus and his suffering, we come face to face with the truth that our world's brokenness is on us. Our sin brought us the kind of world we live in. But when we receive Jesus, we discover that the grace of God doesn't give us what we deserve. God gives us what we need. Forgiveness. God heals us so that we can make our way forward toward new life. Perhaps you know the story of Marianne Bird. Marianne grew to become an assured and gracious adult because of the way one teacher treated her. She wrote about her experience in a column entitled The Whisper Test. Early in her life, Marianne knew she was different. She was born with a severe cleft palate. She was deaf in one ear. She described how her classmates would tease her without mercy. To Marianne, it seemed as if she was beyond the reach of love. But then Marianne entered fifth grade and the classroom of Miss Leonard. Miss Leonard looked like an apple dumpling and was full of grace. She was one of the most beloved teachers in the school. Now each year, teachers administered an old-fashioned hearing test. It was simple. The teacher would call each child forward. They would cover first one ear and then the other while the teacher whispered something like, the sky is blue or you have new shoes. If the student heard and then repeated the phrase accurately, they passed the test. Marianne hated this test. But each year she found a way to cheat. She would secretly cup her hand over her one good ear so that she could still hear what the teacher said. The year Marianne was in Miss Leonard's class, the day of the dreaded hearing test came. And when it was her turn, Marianne came forward. She cupped her hand over her good ear. Miss Leonard leaned forward to whisper. I waited for those words, wrote Marianne, which God must have put into her mouth, those seven words which changed my life. You see, Miss Leonard didn't say, the sky is blue, or you have new shoes. That day, Miss Leonard leaned over to get as close as possible and she whispered grace and truth the likes of which Marianne had not heard before. I wish you were my little girl. <laughs> Marianne lived off those words for the rest of her life. Full of grace and truth. That's how God comes into our neighborhood, even today. Whenever we meet in others a bit of Jesus' grace and truth, then we will have met a saint who makes Jesus believable to us.
A saint who lives among us in a way that brings Jesus close to us. And as we receive the smile of God on our lives, the desire will grow in us to smile back. We will discover Jesus full of grace and truth. And we will long to live His grace and truth in our lives. We will have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. Let's pray together. Gracious and truthful Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, come to us humbly in a baby, son of Mary and Joseph. We receive you today, celebrating your life, your gracious and truthful life. We receive you today in the form of every person who brings grace and truth to us. We bless you and thank you for coming to us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.